What's up, everybody? It's the Roundtable Sports Podcast. My name is Taylor McLean, and today I wanted to talk about some of the NFL news leading into free agency. Clearly, the big news is that J.J. Watt has signed with the Arizona Cardinals for two years, $31 million, with 23 of it guaranteed, probably all of that this year as well as some next year. So we'll have to see how that part of it plays out when a little bit more detail on the contract comes out. But still, $23 million guaranteed is nothing to scoff at. And sometimes, you know, you might wonder why teams are so stingy with the guaranteed money, but that's a big deal for these players and for these teams as well, where – we see things like the dead cap money from Carson Wentz's contract and Jared Goff's contract. We see the Alex Smith situation that we'll talk about where they've been paying him a ton of money, you know, over the last couple of years. So and it all goes against your cap, no matter what that guaranteed money, when you ha- hand that out, that's going to go against your cap at one time or another teams are pretty, stingy with that and that's why you see so much haggling a lot of times when it comes to these contracts because you know it's not just the number that you see on the contract you know Zeke's six-year 90 million dollar extension well depends more on what the guarantees are in the contract as well as that final number because Zeke's probably never going to see those final three years of the contract even though they're included those are typically more like team options where, you know, if the team is still excited about your play at that level, then they'll continue to pay you at that point. But at the same time, if they're not, they can kind of cut bait and not have to have that dead cap money. So that money's on the cap, no matter what. And uh, we're, like I said, we're seeing it with some of these bigger trades and the like, that's why you don't see as many trades because a lot of times the team is still on the hook for a good amount of the money that they'd be paying that player and teams, you know, don't want to, you know, have to pay a player not to be there typically. So that's why it was a little surprising to me to see Carson Wentz and Jared Goff get traded at all just because of their huge, huge, unprecedented dead cap numbers, especially the Carson Wentz one. That's why these guarantees and the signing bonuses and all these different things are so important because the cap is a hard cap. You can't go over it, but you can kind of push things down the road as far as the contracts go and as far as the salary cap numbers go. So when you read a story about, you know, someone's salary cap situation, that's typically kind of fungible. It's typically a situation where you can move things around a little bit and convert things into signing bonuses and, and the like, and, you know, have, you know, cap hits go down the line a little bit more. And that's uh, something that the Cowboys are really famous for, and it has gotten them in trouble at times. It's another reason on top of the Tony Romo signing that, you know, they didn't really get to take advantage of Dak's really cheap years and are now having to figure out what they're going to do with his expensive years. But anyway, all of that to say that $23 million for, for J.J. Watt is nothing to scoff at. It's a lot of money. It's more than I kind of thought he would get, especially in this uh, climate and the like with the salary cap only being 185 when it was projected to be more, uh, you know, should everything had been a normal year. But as we all know, 
this is no normal year. So 16 million or 15 and a half or whatever is a lot more than I expected him to get. I was thinking more in, you know, as a bargain basement, $10 million type situation, but his ability to sign early because he was cut the way he was, you know, gave him a leg up and allowed him to, you know, really hit the market while all the money is still on the table. And like I said, when you look at the salary cap numbers, those numbers can be moved around a bit. And, uh, you know, Arizona really only is probably going to have about $2.5 million as it stands right now. But there's still a lot of cuts to be, to roll in. I think there's going to be a lot of players that NFL teams cut bait with as they're kind of figuring out what their game plan is going forward. So that's going to be something to watch in the next bit, especially for the Cardinals is, you know, how much, you know, space do they actually have, you know, with everybody they've signed recently and, you know, how will they be able to improve their team? Because there are improvements beyond the pass rush that they need to have. So the Cardinals strike first in the free agency battle for the, for the winner of the off season. That's always a fun title who won the off season. And then we get to the games and people get hurt and, you know, things happen and no plan survives the battlefield as the old generals used to say. So it's an interesting move to me. It wasn't what I was expecting though. Nobody had really left breadcrumbs to say that, you know, the Cardinals were going to be on top of mind for JJ Watt. It does seem like, you know, a a little bit of a gaffe on my part. I feel like I didn't factor in DeAndre Hopkins or any of that at all, but that is an interesting situation that they're able to bring him over now and, you know, see if they can build something together, you know, from either side of the ball, obviously. But still, I have to think that that, you know, teammate situation did factor in to his decision. And I'm mad at myself, like I said, for not connecting any of those dots. But, you know, really, it was thought more to be, you know, either him coming home to the Green Bay Packers, which is not always a good likelihood. Uh, I don't think anybody's really taken home count discounts typically to come home and uh, play in their home state or hometown or whatever it is. I'm sure it happens. And, you know, we just saw it in the NBA with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard staging a coup to their kind of home area in Los Angeles. So it does happen, but it's typically not quite as a big a situation in the NFL. And, you know, NFL doesn't have quite the player movement that the NBA does. There was also some talk that, you know, maybe he's talking about contenders, talking about the Steelers with his brother, talking about, Cleveland. There was some talk about maybe the Bears. The Bears Facebook groups were all up in arms and, you know, oh, he's in Chicago for this. Or, you know, they're always trying to really grasp at straws, it seems like, when it comes to, you know, improving their team. They're very passionate and I appreciate them absolutely. But uh, there does seem to be more harebrained theories come out than most teams as, as it turns out that they're going to get this player or that seems like uh, everything's kind of on the line for Chicago at this point for their year. So it should be interesting to see what they come out with in the off season this year, because Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace's job is definitely on the line and uh, the bears underperform the fans in the midway, the bears are going to be wanting blood if everything doesn't go well this season. So we'll see 
kind of what they end up doing there and, and, and with Mitch Trubisky and their quarterback situation. So a lot to figure out on the Bears portion of it, but they were definitely one of the teams, you know, he could have added another pass rusher to their situation. And I think that would have been, you know, something terrifying for other teams, especially, you know, when they have Eddie Goldman opt back in this year, he was very well missed, you know, just having Akeem Hicks up the middle is good, but having both of them makes them special. So that'll be interesting to see if that part gets figured out and how they look together and the like. But the Cardinals reeled J.J. in. That's impressive. Like I said, maybe they went a little bit of overboard on the money, but that's okay. Um, you got to do what you got to do. And, uh, you know, you had the space and, you know, you, you made a win now type move to bring in a veteran that can play opposite of Chandler Jones and play inside as well. There was a lot of talk about, oh, he's a 3-4 end or he's this or he's that. J.J.'s pretty diverse. And, you know, he's big enough to play up the middle as well, even though he's better a little bit closer to the edges. Uh, you know, he you can move him around in a lot of different waves and give offensive lines and offensive coordinators a lot of different looks with him. So that's interesting to be able to put him beside Chandler Jones. And really the biggest thing for the Arizona defense is having Chandler Jones healthy. You know, he's been pretty good about being on the field for the most part, but, you know, being hurt this last year seems like the, you know, the truncated off season, you know, didn't do him any favors. So the biggest thing for the Cardinals defense is to have him on the field and then to have JJ Watt rushing, you know, either next to him with them playing games, or maybe he's on the other side. It's just, like I said, there's a lot of options there and a lot of fungibility you can have with that, you know, with him as a part of your pass rush. So that's an exciting proposition. Absolutely. You know, Cardinals still have a lot of decisions to make as far as their free agents go too. And they may have just made it for a couple of them, especially Marcus Golden. I was very impressed with the way that Marcus Golden rushed the passer last year. And he, you know, he fits really well in the way they do things and uh, didn't fit as well with other teams and I got to think he made himself some money because he was a terror for them last year, especially, you know, once they lost Chandler Jones, he was pretty much their whole pass rush. It seemed like at times. So it seems like they chose JJ Watt over him because he's going to need a certain amount of money and he's probably earned himself possibly double digit million dollars. That'll be something to watch. You know, I would love to see all three of them rushing the passer together. That would be the most dynamic thing. And like I said, I think I imagine that Arizona is going to have some things to figure out now that they've landed J.J. Watt as far as the salary cap goes. But I would want to see them keep Marcus Golden on top of a healthy Chandler Jones and adding J.J. Watt. That's a devastating pass rushing trio right there. So that's the big thing I want to see. I don't want to see them replace Marcus Golden, and I hope they didn't give all of the Marcus Golden money to J.J. Watt to make this move because I think that's a good move, but I don't like it if it costs – I don't like it near as much as if it, if it costs you Marcus Golden on top of that because he fits so well in what they're doing, and, and maybe they you know move Isaiah Simmons into that type of role. I don't know. They've got some a lot of stuff to figure out, but – I just hope that that's not a part of the plan and that's not why they did this because they thought Marcus was going to be priced out of their range, but 
we'll see. Like I said, he played really well and played on a really low deal for what his production was. So he's definitely going to be looking to get his money. And, you know, there's might not be quite as much cap space as, you know, a, a regular year, like I said, but like uh, Marcus Golden was, I, I watched a lot of Kyler and a lot of the Arizona games down the stretch and he really was dynamic for them. And uh, I want to see more. I want to see him next to Chandler because Chandler's a beast when he's healthy. Absolutely. He's a beast. He's one of my favorite pass rushers to watch. And it felt like it was something that Bill Belichick got wrong, letting him go when they New England traded him because Arizona's gotten a lot of production out of him since then. And uh, it just didn't happen last year exactly because of the injuries. So we need to see him healthy. We'll need to see Marcus golden out there, hopefully, and then put JJ Watt in the middle of those two rushing on the edge. And that's going to be tough. That's going to make the defense really formidable, but we got to see what happens in free agency on the golden part. As far as JJ Watt's, actual play i did watch a lot of the texans games because they were imploding and i take a certain amount of personal joy in ribbing my fellow texans that are texans fans specifically the ones that are actually in my life i don't want to rub this into to the houston texans that your team was bad and that you know things really fell apart here and it seems like things are continuing to fall apart because the decision makers that are actually making decisions are still in charge, it seems. But having watched the Houston Texans games, I can tell you that J.J. Watt still has something in the tank, no doubt. And yes, you know, compared to the first five years of his career where he didn't miss any games, he has missed a lot of games in the last five years of his career, no doubt. No, no doubt about that at all. I mean, we're talking about three, five, 16, eight, 16. So he's pulled it back together a bit, but still, you know, he's 31 now and, you know, there's a possibility that he may miss some games. There's a possibility he could get hurt, but the guy works really hard and, you know, takes that extra level of care to his body. So when he does get hurt, it is a little bit more surprising. And, uh, you know, it's just part of playing in the NFL as well. When you're 300 pound dudes, you know, hitting each other each time, you know, it's not the same as playing quarterback where you're not getting hit on most of the plays and yeah, there's wear and tear on your arm and the like, but it's not even close to the same thing. So pass rushers, linemen, etc. They kind of leave us a lot sooner than your quarterback and a lot of times your skill position type guys. So him being 31 certainly get must give you some pause. It's only a two-year commitment, you know, and the second year is really only partially guaranteed. So, you know, it wouldn't be the end of the world if they had to, had to, had to get out of the deal, but they did make a pretty sizable commitment here to a guy that has been up and down as far as his health goes. Now, yes, I think he's going to be fine. And I think it's probably a good deal to bet on his health rather than not bet on it. It reminds me a lot, the whole situation itself of when DeMarcus Ware, you know, got cut by the Cowboys and they moved on and he went on to Denver and won a Super Bowl. Now, I'm not saying necessarily that the Arizona Cardinals are going to win the Super Bowl. I'm not trying to make that parallel. In every other way, though, and who knows, they could, like I said, but in every other way, it feels to me 
like when DeMarcus Ware left the Cowboys. He wasn't the same passer rusher he was in his prime. And I don't think J.J. Watt is either. It's not the same physicality, and he doesn't have this exactly the same athleticism that he had at his absolute peak. Now, it still looks good, absolutely, and it looked good for DeMarcus, and I was upset that he was leaving at the time. And I think Texans fans would also agree that this hurts a little bit to lose somebody that you've rooted for for all these years that has been such a big part of your franchise. That's never fun, absolutely. But I think if Texans fans, you know, really look themselves in the mirror and look, look their team in the mirror, they're in the middle of a rebuild right now. They need to pull themselves out of the crater that Bill O'Brien created with his moves and with what the team has done up until this point. There's a there's a severe lack of talent on defense and they have not drafted offensive line well. They have not put together good offensive units up front and they're going to have to really draft themselves out of this. And unfortunately, you know, they don't own their first round pick this year. That would have been the number three pick. So it is what it is, but it it definitely sucks. And, uh, and it's probably going to take you some time to really dig yourself out of this. And you weren't one JJ Watt away from turning this around. So getting off of him, going ahead and, you know, clearing your books of some of the, your high price veterans that may not be worth it anymore for the highest price. Okay. That makes some sense. Fine. Yes, it hurts. And it hurt me when the Cowboys did it, you know, back in the day, but it feels pretty much the same as far as the talent level goes too. Cause like I said, they're not quite in their prime, but they have more, they have more knowledge of what they're doing and they still have, you know, let's call it 85, 90% of their burst still left. So maybe they're not over the top. Maybe they're not having to, you know, double you all the time. And maybe they're not having to pay you the attention that they used to, but as the second guy on a team in the pass rush, I think they can still be great. And I, and I knew DeMarcus could, and he, he did put together some good seasons for Denver and help them get their Super Bowl win. No doubt he was a big part of that run. And I think J.J. has that similar amount left in the tank. And they're the same age as when this happened to DeMarcus as well. And like I said, DeMarcus gave him a couple more years I believe it was three more years as far as his production, although it tailed off in the final year before he retired. But I think JJ is, can do this. I watched a lot of the games and he got doubled a lot. He got doubled a heck of a lot because Texas really didn't have a whole lot of other pass rush for him to work with and for other teams to have to worry about. So I say you don't have to double him, but teams did double him a ton and, you know, shift towards him and the like. And he still got a lot done. You know, not all of his games were dominant and he didn't just crush the sacks, but he was in the backfield a lot. And he was one of the few things that you still had to worry about with the Texans. So with him not getting that attention paid and getting more one-on-one -on -one opportunities to pass rush, that's a situation for success for the Arizona Cardinals. So hinging on can Chandler Jones stay healthy and do they re-sign Marcus Golden? I, I think J.J. Watt can just be more and more successful in that secondary role where not as much attention is paid because for DeMarcus, everybody had to pay attention to Vaughn Miller 
And while Chandler might not be as good as Von Miller at his peak, he is really good. It's if it's not as good, it's close because when Chandler Jones is cooking, he's so big and still fast and uses his hands. Well, it's, it's a beautiful thing to watch when he's really getting after a quarterback. So I want to see that with JJ Watt. And uh, like I said, I think it can be the similar style, you know, career situation for JJ Watt. It just wasn't the one I think anybody was expecting outside of Deandre Hopkins, which like I said, I'm mad at myself for not making that connection, but it, at first blush, it did feel a little bit like JJ just took the biggest deal. And I got to think this was probably the biggest deal. But, you know, when you throw in the, the Andre Hopkins in there, you know, players are looking for a good situation, a good, you know, coach, a good, you know, organization. And, you know, Arizona hasn't been the greatest organization over time, but it feels like they're moving in a good direction. And it feels like the people they have around there are good people. It makes a lot more sense. Plus, I mean, what's wrong with living where it's warm? Let me tell you, there's nothing wrong with that outside of, you know, boiling in the summer. And, you know, he can always go wherever he wants in the summer uh, or really wherever he wants, period, with all the money he's made in the NFL and uh, he's a popular guy. So he's, I imagine he's not doing too bad in the endorsement side of it as well, but uh, exciting times for Arizona. Like I said, I want to see Marcus golden back and I want to see, you know, what they're going to do with Patrick Peterson. Uh, It seems like he's probably out the door, but he's not exactly at his peak right now either. But at the same time, I think he can help a team too. So lots of interesting decisions, and I, I'm just uh, I'm I'm happy for him. I'm happy for JJ. I hope he has a similar style situation to what Demarcus enjoyed with Denver because I I was upset when it happened to Demarcus, and I anchored those feelings. And I got to think Texans fans are feeling a lot of the same thing. But you know, it is what it is, and uh, I would be I would be happy for him because you got a lot to do if you're the Texans as far as digging out of you know, where you're at here. So it was time. It was time. And we'll see kind of what they do with the DeMarcus Watson part of it, but I don't know. I don't know how any of that's going to work out. And uh, the Texans have been really highly unpredictable as of late and what they're going to do. So we'll see. Well, anyway, that's what I've got on the JJ Watt signing. I'm going to come back. Uh, tomorrow or the next day and talk about Aaron Jones, talk about some of the free agents that are going to be out there. We need to start talking about where we like these players, you know, how are they going to contribute to fantasy and the other and otherwise, and uh, where are we going to go from here? But uh, if you've gotten to this point, haven't done so go ahead and download the podcast. Let me know you're here and that you're listening and uh, maybe leave a comment. Let me know, what you're thinking about how I'm doing with all this stuff and uh, have a great rest of your day.